the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. We're going to be here for the next hour talking about all kinds of stuff going on in your yard and garden. Good morning, guys. Good morning. How are we? Good. Good. It's nice to be back after after a couple of week hiatus. Um, And it's good to have you back. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you. Um, Had a very interesting trip to uh, Austin. Texas, we'd yeah. never we had never been before. Melanie wanted to go somewhere for her wanted to go somewhere for her birthday, so she decided she wanted to go to Austin. So we went back there for a few days, saw some family that live outside of Austin, and uh, very good. It's an it's an interesting city. It's a it's a neat place. Uh, probably one of the coolest things that I saw when we were back there was um, the Sephora's. The, what, oh yeah, what, Texas. What, Texas. Is it yeah, Texas, Texas Lilac. Is that what that is? No. Laurel. Laurel. Texas. Texas. Laurel. Texas, yes. Texas Laurel. Right. Which we which we sell here in, in San Diego when we can find it. I think the only people that grow the it are Monrovia. is Monrovia. Well, yeah. uh, it was funny the day you sent me that picture. You sent me a picture of the one in front of the state capitol. Yeah. That that morning, like an hour later, somebody brought but one back. They didn't want it. They returned it, and I showed them that picture. I said, "Are you sure? Look at how nice it looks. <laughs> it, they're huge." They're the one that I the one that I sent the picture of had to be close to fifteen twenty feet tall, and it was in full bloom. It was beautiful, beautiful plant, really really nice plant. I'd never, I'd only seen them in a five gallon container from right. Monrovia before. Yeah. I'd never seen one actually established and and doing what it was supposed to be doing. But then when we were back there, as we were as we were hanging around in that area and driving around. They're all over the place. I mean, they're they're everywhere back there. I, you think that's why they have Texas? In the it, could, name? it could have something to do with the name, with the common name. But the, yeah. the bees love them. We we when, when ours are in bloom in the nursery, the bees are all over it. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah, very very neat plant. Now, now there is one problem with the name of that, and where it, you were seeing it, it's called the Texas Mountain Laurel. Texas Mountain, okay. And I think you told what did you tell me about Austin? Didn't you tell me there was? Oh, nothing? it's flat. Yes, so. Yeah. Okay. That's I so. I don't. I maybe it's not indigenous to Austin, Austin, but um, it's a it it's it's a pretty neat plant. But uh, Austin's a it's a it's a fun town. If you ever have a chance to uh, yeah, I've never get back there, there and check yeah. it out. It's a it's a, it's a pretty cool place. Uh, we we really enjoyed our time there, uh, and you can walk everywhere. We stayed right in downtown. We rented a car, which was a mistake. Because uh, we were there for five days, we we picked up the car at the airport, drove to the hotel. Two days later, we drove to Melanie's family's place for lunch, and drove back to the hotel. And then we got in the car and we drove to the airport. And other than that, we walked everywhere. We you 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 don't need a car to get around in in downtown Austin. You can you, you can you can walk pretty much everywhere. Now now it says that the fruit of the it's poisonous. It's poisonous. However, it also says it was called mezcal bean or frijolito, although the beans-like seeds were never eaten by the Native Americans, which would imply to me the seeds that the poison is different kind of poison, if they're going to call it mezcal bean. Oh. 
I'm not that, suggesting, and I don't I, want to try no. it, and yes. I don't suggest yeah. that anybody do, but that would imply that that's the reason that it is poisonous, is that it messes with people's minds. It How's could that? be. Okay. It could be. Uh, now we skipped right over the, the weather this morning. We have not It was warm this it. morning. And it we, was wet. Yeah. It's dry. It's fairly dry here. But it was it was it it was misty all the way across Miramar. It was misty, but it wasn't wet. At least not when I left. It, it was. I had to use my intermittent wipers all the way out uh. until I hit the eight oh five, and at the eight oh five, I had to go full on windshield wiper. It was no, no, it wasn't like raining. wasn't like that up here. No. no, okay, yeah, it wasn't wasn't that wasn't that wet. And I was looking at the weather map that I went to the weather service site to see how warm it was going to be, if it was an appropriate day for shorts, or if I needed to wear long pants and. Since I, it, it scared me because I looked at the, the screen and it was red and dark red, which means hot. But they were showing us the, the forecast for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. It's supposed to be really hot later in the week. Yeah, I heard it was going to get warm. Yeah. But they had it, that was the, on their home screen. It's supposed to be in the upper 80s and 90s yeah. later, later this week. week. Yeah. What are you expecting today as our resident it's meteorologist? cool and like it is. So like yesterday, right. six, 60s and maybe low 70s. So I did opt for the long pants today, in case anyone was wondering. Good, yeah, listeners throughout San Diego were They're, wondering. They were what waiting. Yeah. They were waiting well, to know what sure to what wear. Gonna wear yeah. 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 Well, at least you got your pants on. So. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, was a good start to the day. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> One leg at a time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. We do have garden classes uh, this weekend in San Diego. It's going to be Staghorn Remounting with Olivia. I wonder if my... I wouldn't be surprised if my dad shows up. Oh, for that I too, would so. not. I w- would imagine he probably would. He came yeah. to David's a couple of weeks back when we did it well, to make he sure he did everything right. Wanted to make sure. Yeah, well, it's David, and he so. only corrected me three or four times during the presentation. <laughs> yeah. So I was. That's an improvement. Improvement, <laughs> very much improved. And in Poway, to, oh, the class in San Diego starts at nine o'clock. So make sure you get there early to get a good parking space. Um, in Poway, the class starts at nine thirty today, and the class is going to be what is an arborist and when do you need one. By Kurt Peacock, who is an arborist. arborist. Certified so, arborist, yes. plant scientist. Yeah, so he's going to tell you everything that you need to know. Expert witness. Um, Expert witness. Right. Expert witness. And also has a degree in viticulture. Viticulture, viticulture yeah. yeah. Yeah, smart guy. Yes. Smart guy. So, um, if From you, Fresno State. Yes. Is that where he got his yes. degree? He's a graduate that I know of, yes. Oh. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. So that's going to be at 930 in the Poway store next weekend. It's in San Diego at 9 o'clock. It's going to be Create an Edible Landscape with Chuck McClung. And at 9.30 in Poway, it's going to be All About Tomatoes with um, Farmer Roy. And if you want to learn how to grow tomatoes, Roy's the guy to listen to. He grows, what, over 1,500 pounds of tomatoes a oh, season? When, or, doesn't he get like twenty to 25,000 pounds of vegetables out of his garden? Some, it's, it's insane, the amount of the amount of food that he produces um it's i can't remember the name of the oh cadence cadence, cadence. at poway gardens at poway gardens um anyway super nice guy um probably has forgotten more about growing tomatoes than i ever knew um and he was also one of the ones that developed the celebrity brand or the celebrity tomato and he used to be back a, in the day a pro professional grower down in yeah down in, in San Quentin yeah C. down in down C. in Mexico uh, let's see in April sixteenth uh, looking a little bit farther out San Diego is having a class on container gardens with Constance and Poway is going to be dark that week that weekend the sixteenth there will be no class in the Poway store and the 17th the following day is Easter and both stores will be closed on Easter Sunday I have noticed in my Facebook page that over the last few weeks a couple of times a previous posting about us being closed on the Sunday the 4th has popped up because somebody has liked it from a year Previous. or two ago. Oh. oh, And so it brought forward the current, I mean, it brought it current that we're going to be closed on Easter Sunday, but it was a totally different day. That's interesting. Just an FYI, FYI that I forgot yeah. to tell you about before. If you want to give us a call today, 888-344-1170 is the number. We would love to talk to you. Um, you had an interesting Wednesday wisdom 
Vermiculite. Vermiculite. What is vermiculite? Well, it's something that we have in stock again after two years. Yeah. We hadn't been able to get it. Uh, Yeah. And and you you linked it to an incredibly long article about vermiculite, which I didn't know anybody had actually taken the time to write. But it's it's actually quite. It was actually quite interesting. It's an interesting article, and and you know it comes from. It's interesting is when the when they take that mineral that is vermiculite and they heat it in industrial ovens and furnaces to make it. It looks like worms. That's how where the word came from. The, oh, really? Ver, ver, okay. Yeah. Verma. Verma. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah, they, it come. It, it roughly translated to breed of worms. I was telling George yesterday that I was reading an article somewhere. I I couldn't remember where I'd seen it. I was reading an article. It was interesting about vermiculite, <laughs> and it was like, the one yeah, he, he had posted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was very. It, it was very interesting. Uh, one of, one, of, one of the one of the uses for it that I never would have thought of because I don't know how anybody could afford it is to use it as a top dressing when you're seating when you're seating a new lawn. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. I, and that, that that's an expensive topping. It's it's a really expensive. Uh, so you top guys dressing. have been in the industry for a, a great many years. Do you use it on a regular basis for anything? I, I have not. No, but um, you know the last few times I've been trying that I've been. Attempting to grow some cuttings, I've been using perlite, which is what I've always used. But um, after reading the article, I might try. I, I might try vermiculite and see if I have better. Start hoarding it. I know yeah. Dale, Dale used to use it in his his soil mixtures when he was doing cuttings. So mm-hmm. He would use it. It is one of the key ingredients to the square foot gardening soil it, recipe. It is. It's thirty thirty three percent of it almost. Yeah, about a third. Approximately. <laughs> Uh, one third vermiculite, one third compost, and one third peat moss. I believe peat moss. You are right. correct. So, so it is. It's used. a tried and true, but I n- I never have. Well, I'm getting re- I'm getting ready to do um, containers of tomatoes. I might mix some with the uh, recipe 420 when I when I put those up this time. I have a whole bunch of tomatoes that I need to plant. I have three six packs of tomatoes now that are still Holy in their cow. six packs, and I've I've kept them alive for one is, to three weeks depending are on which the six ones pack. that you buy with George and yes. split them up. Yes. So how many you were listening. Yeah, how many varieties of tomatoes do you have? Well, in there's six one six-pack is straight, and then I have two half-and-halves. <laughs> so I have two, four, five varieties and three six-packs. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. My, mouth, my math is sound. I agree. Okay, thank you. You know, one thing I didn't see that they didn't see listed in the uh, article, although I, I, I skimmed through it, was one of the other things that they use – vermiculite for at least in the in the coarsest form is packing material before they before packing peanuts became a thing they used to ship a lot of sensitive shock sensitive parts in a vermiculite because it it's naturally naturally cushioned and it was also used as a insulation yeah for ovens well i what do they i i remember somebody telling me a story about ovens high-end ovens and people using vermiculite but whatever i don't Hmm. And and it is now asbestos free. That was something that was many, right. many 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 moons ago. ago. Right. That was yep. a big big it's problem certified. with it. Yep. Now they also use it in the building industry. They mix it with um, stucco because we had we got that sample bag from uh, my friend that had they got the wrong oh, they got the wrong grade in or something like that and wanted to know if we I didn't know why they use it. it. Okay, yeah, they mix it with uh, they use it to. Uh, is it a binder? They mix it with stucco for um, texture, huh. but we and he they got a they got like an entire truckload of the wrong grade, and they were right. trying to figure out what to do with it. Uh, so they offered it to us, and we went down and got a got a bag of it. But it was it was way too fine. Gotcha. It, it, it would it, it it wouldn't work. It yeah. It wouldn't work for for what we what we would be, be doing for, yeah. doing with it. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. 
There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. We were talking about vermiculite before we went on the break, and there's a couple other things that you can use it for, which I never would never have occurred to me. It says, uh, if you like to create your own homegrown cut flower bouquets, vermiculite offers a great hack to use instead of a vase full of water. Simply fill your container with vermiculite and moisten with water. Then add your cut flowers. This eliminates the need to change stale water, will prevent potential spills, and keeps the flowers looking fresh for longer. I did not know yeah, that. I did not know that. Well. Would, would not have known that. Yeah. Um, bulb and root storage. <clears throat> for plants that need to be overwintered indoors, vermiculite offers an easy storage solution that will keep the bulbs or root systems in their best condition. First, allow the bulbs or roots to dry out for several hours before after being removed from the ground. Then fill a container with vermiculite and tuck your bulb, your bulb or roots into it. Um, the vermiculite will prevent rotting which is a common problem for stored bulbs. It has absorption properties that will keep excess moisture away from the plant without stealing any of the plant's own stored moisture. I don't understand how that works, though. It would seem to me that if it's going to absorb moisture, it would absorb moisture wherever it, wherever moisture is present, whether it's in the Unless bulb. Unless it, once it, once it absorbs, it doesn't pull anymore. Yeah, perhaps, I don't know. I, it's, get it wet. I know that it's more suited for plants that need moisture as opposed to um, uh, perlite. Perlite, right. yeah. So if you want ferns, it works better for ferns than succulents. Correct. Uh, we had mentioned that you can use it as a mulch, which is... It's in, a very pricey it, mulch. Very pricey, we, yeah. It's, and it's light and fluffy. Yeah, you think well, it's it not as light away, and fluffy yeah. as, as uh, perlite, which is one of the... Well, I wouldn't use perlite as a mulch right, either. Right, right. <laughs> but, I mean, that's right. One of the, yeah. when you, but it's going to blow away. I don't think it will blow away once you, if you put it on top and get it wet. You think so? Yeah. Well, if you're wetting it yeah, on a regular wet, basis. It's correct. Right. That's what I would think. Is that not defeating the purpose of your mulch? Yeah. Unless I you're agree. using it solely to keep birds from eating your seeds. Oh. Okay. So there you go. All right. So if you want perlite, or if you want vermiculite, we we have it back in stock in both stores again. It, af- it's after been a gone for time. a year. It, it, it took us a yeah, year to get it again. It, from at least. Last the store. And then the last time that we had it, we only had it in the giant four yeah, cubic four foot bags. Yeah, yeah, that six, were sixty dollars. Yeah, yeah, Crazy. it was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, if you want to give us a call today, eight 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 three four four eleven seventy is the number. We're going to go uh, talk to Dallas. Good morning, Dallas. How are you? Great. How are you guys? We're good. What can we do for you? Well, I had a couple of questions. Uh, the first question was, when is the arborist going to be speaking? As, was that Poway? That, yeah. that is Poway, and that is today at 9.30. Okay, great. Um, <clears throat> the other question, I had two other questions. Certainly. One is, loquat tree would look something like some kind of a rot on one of the branches. It's still producing plenteously, but... Um, I thought I had looked up something, and it says that once that stuff gets started, it kills the tree. Is that true? Well, if that stuff is fire blight, that's certainly true. It can destroy the tree, but without seeing it, it's hard to say. And if it had fire blight on that branch, it'd be unlikely that there would still be fruit being produced on it because it it shuts down the entire tip, and it, it gets into the plant through the blooms and kills it from the tips on in. So it would be unlikely that a branch with fire blight would, would have fruit on it. Actually, I guess it would be impossible. Okay. Unless it's, it's not, if it's one section of flower buds, it could happen. Because I, I, I have a pear tree right now that has fire blight on it. If you're, if you're coming in for that class, bring a cutting or take some pictures and bring it to one of us. Or Kurt. Got it. Or yeah. Kurt, for that matter, yes. Okay. Um, the other question I had was, planted a, a lemon tree in the yard, which is about, I don't know, six feet tall. It's got a lot of really thorny spines on it, and the lemons it produces are sort of a sweet sour. They're, they're lemony, but they have this, I don't know, for me, un, 
unpleasant sweet taste. I don't know what what kind of tree it is. It sounds like it might be a rootstock. by the rootstock is growing uh, from below the graft. What I what I would do is Take fo- a picture of that also. Follow that down. Follow those leaders down that are producing and see where it comes out of the see where it comes out of the trunk. If it's a if it's rootstock, you you will usually see where it where it is sprouted below the the graft point. And if if that's the case, if the other if the grafted part is still growing, because a lot of times that once the rootstock gets going, it'll overpower the the grafted part. You can cut the you can cut the rootstock back, and then the graft will take over again. Or bring okay. in a piece if it has fruit on it now. Bring that with you today as well, because that'll be easier to, to tell. To yeah. tell. And a Meyer lemon is not sweet, but it is certainly less acid than many of the other lemons that are out there, which could be but it usually has fewer thorns than the other lemons right the other lemon trees so bring in a bring in a sample when you come in you're gonna have all sorts of stuff stuff with you Uh, okay which which location where poway to the arborist i mean he's he'll be there at 9 30 in poway okay thank you appreciate you guys awesome show people that are missing this are missing great stuff well, thank you, thank very, you much. very much. Have, have a great weekend, Dallas. Hope to see you at the store. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, take care. If you want to give us a call today, 888-344-1170 is the number. We would love to talk to you. Um, avocados. What about them? Mexico. switch off to avocados? Yeah, yes. go ahead. Well, I read a study, or I saw a headline about what? I sent it to you. The, oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's another thing from George. I must just block you, you out. You must block. You read everything I send you, but you don't talk about it. Kind of like a spouse. He speaks to it like he owns it. <laughs> well, I read a story that George sent me there we this go. week about avocados and how good they are, how good for you they are. And eating avocados t- at least twice a week. What I don't like about all these studies is they say could lower your risk of heart disease. Well, you know, walking in a crosswalk when it's your turn could lower your chances of being hit by a car i want these things to say they will but anyway um avocados are not a luxury fruit and it's time we came to terms with that we should not should it be just the king of fruits on super bowl sunday alone and i totally agree and another reason that i agree with that is last night i walked up to brody's burgers and beer by my house and had their delicious ortega burger and it comes with avocados on it so i'm extra healthy this week you can probably see it in my my no no yes no. i don't look extra healthy no i look I'm like not the allowed, same i'm not allowed I've, i can't disclose any comments I, <sighs> I have a some kind of nda or something ah that would be a non-disclosure <laughs> agreement so i've had other avocados this week because this is the on season for my avocado tree so i have there's one in the car right now for, as part of my snack when i get to work i did not bring one with me darn it no i think av- i think avocados are outstanding i do too and they're i've never one, been a one of, huge fan but i kind of like them more now than i ever have so oh hint uh, hint well yes okay you know we have a an old avocado tree on the property that keeps coming back it was cut down years ago it's a massive stump but it has not flowered and i'm debating whether i'm going to start grafting some uh, desirable I, I got a it. call from a customer yesterday uh, I went, went and did a yard doctor at their house it was a couple of years ago they live in eucalyptus hills and they had a almost dead avocado and she told me that I said it's not quite dead but if it comes back it's going to be only the rootstock so you're going to need to graft it and so she was actually looking for somebody to graft for it and I I asked her to, well, I asked her if it was growing vertically, you know, if it was just straight up and not branched and not blooming, because that's what the seedlings usually will do. Mm. And she sent me pictures of it, and it was beautifully branched and sprawled. She had brought it back from, from death, but it didn't look like a seedling at all. So my prophetic words, which she was calling to tell me about, were, it's, I think, totally incorrect. And it looks like the desire uh, the desirable tree was still still intact because it is was only about i don't know six or eight feet tall but it was at least six or eight feet wide and drooping and covered with blossoms everywhere it looked like a regular grafted avocado yeah yeah this is these are all just perfectly vertical 
um, branches coming up. Yeah, that sounds like root stock. Oh, it is. It, yeah. There's no doubt. It was cut years ago. And well, it just keeps coming back. The, the thing is, there's no water on it, so it's getting water somewhere. So that's why I think I should. Hmm. Grab, yeah, I would submit to you. There is it. water on well, it. What, there's no um, no sprinkler. Purposely put irrigation. Yeah, on but it. something's leaking. Something's getting water somewhere. <laughs> right. Well, I remember. I remember as a kid when there still used to be huge swaths of avocados up in North County. Um, the growers would go through periodically after the trees would get enormous and cut them back right. until it was the smallest branch was three inches in diameter and then they'd whitewash the whole trunk and then within let a couple it, of years let they, it all come they, back. they were all back again so i know you you can you can prune them heavily. ridiculously heavily um and they will they will bounce back you know i think i just learned how they made the the sounds of the dinosaurs walking in the distance in jurassic park if you take a two liter bottle and set it on the desk, except for the spring pot sound. <laughs> Didn't you hear the dinosaurs making its step in the background, or no? No. Okay, I won't. I won't do that again. <laughs> yeah, too late. Oh. Again. I mean, again by again. Oh, uh, let's see what well, else. Have you grafted avocados? I have not. I've but grafted I, a lot of deciduous trees, but never avocados. So I think I'm gonna. I would think that would be a, yeah. a bud, bud graft, that yeah. healing of the cool. skin, and yeah. I may. Have I thought to try they were. It. I thought they were cleft grafts. Because I remember going up to um, Maddock, I think it was Maddock Nursery, up in North County, and seeing the and seeing we we ended up we had to get a bunch of seedling avocados for somebody one time that had been grafted, and or they I mean, they came in the oh, little the, three in, the three and inch they were sleeves. clefted. I think they were cleft grafted. I thought they'd be bark grafts or something. I'm gonna, I would try. Yeah. I guess it also depends on what part of the branch, what right. what stage of the development wood, the wood yeah. is. But I, I, I could see taking a green branch and slitting it and opening it like the skin on the citrus branch mm-hmm. and just popping a bud. In. I may have to. Well, I'm going to be trying some here. Okay. Yeah, very but I don't good. know the timing on it because I, mean, I, I know how to do deciduous. I've never tried it. I, I don't know if the timing is Maybe better. you could ask Kurt today when he's I could in. ask Kurt or Tyler who did our grafting class. Yes. There we go. Well, but Kurt's, or Tyler's not coming in today. I, I, I mean, I don't expect him. But and we it know would be Kurt's a question be of, con- yes, yes. That's, that was my point. I understand. Okay. I knew where you were going. You do? Thank you. Uh, oh, I forgot. Um, according to the uh, San Diego Botanical Garden Foundation, if you are looking to adopt a turtle or a tortoise, it is the Turtle and Tortoise Society Adoption Days today and tomorrow. Where in, is that? In Balboa Park at the Casa del Prado. So if you're... If in you're room look, 102? Uh, I think it's 101. 101. 101, 101 yes. in the patio. Yeah. So if you if you're looking to a if, if you've been sitting around thinking you know what I need a turtle yeah. um <laughs> today's a, a good day or a tortoise, tortoise. Now, today's yes. a, today's a good day to go and find one um that's going on at the um that's going on at the Costa del Prado and I wonder if it's like today. an Easter egg hunt only it's a turtle or tortoise egg hunt or something no never mind please continue <laughs> Uh, let's see. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Uh, we've got a new product in both of the stores now. It's called Dr. Zyme, which is an organic fungicide and Miticide. insecticide. I think it's listed. It does kill mites, too. Yeah, I guess mites are not necessarily insects. Well, but it's it, listed as an insecticide. It yeah. kills aphids and, and, and kills a lot flies. of stuff. Right. Uh, yeah, but it is, I think, uh, differentiated on, on the labels. As a a miticide would say, miticide and not be included with insecticide. However, comma, do we have anybody we could ask such a question of? 
we of do. whom we could ask a question? We do, as a matter of fact. Uh, our old friend Tom Perkins from Spare Time Supply is on the phone right now. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Wait, did you just call me old? Well, no. Very, yeah, he I, meant, he I meant, heard it. He I meant heard very, it. very old. I was going to correct him. I apologize for him just calling you old, Tom. Oh, perfect. Well, I am happy to be back. Um, I am happy to be talking about this product. I, uh, I am probably the most skeptical person when it comes to any claims of anything on any product and anything that says amazing on it. I, all I could think of was the old Ronco um, um, Saturday Night Live sketch about, uh, you know, all these amazing things. But uh, I was pleasantly surprised when I used this product that I did not believe in at all. Um, the first time I actually used it, um, I sprayed some mint that had white flies on it. And the next morning, all the little wings were all over the ground. So it does all kinds of things. It is a fungicide. Um, it is an insecticide and a miticide, since they are all different. So that answers your question there. All right. Well, yeah. thanks for the call, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tom, Tom, what is in it? I mean, I, I, I know the answer there, but expound on what's in it and what it does. Okay. So it is a fermented citric acid. It has a couple of other ingredients as well. So rather than a straight citric acid, it has a, a little bit of a... Um, unique ability um, rather than just a uh, physical um, kill. Um, it also, it, even if you hit a larger insect or a um, hard-bodied insect, it, use, it works best on soft-bodied insects, but it will interfere with the breathing on a hard-bodied insect, and eventually if you hit him enough times with that, um, excuse me, it'll actually um, break down the eggs and the actual uh, insect himself. It basically just digests um, any kind of protein. Hmm. So if you spray it onto a leaf that has powdery mildew on it, it will actually eat the, the powdery mildew off the, the uh, leaf. It'll leave a little bit of a scar sometimes if the hyphae has penetrated the, um, um, the leaf surface, but it'll eat the powdery mildew right off the uh, plant. And I didn't believe it would do that. And, you know, they're the person who uh, was telling me all this was like, oh, my God, you have to try this product. Um, so I sprayed it on some uh, Verbena bonariensis that I had at my mom's house that had some powdery mildew on it. And usually you want to hit it probably three days in a row if you have a serious, serious infection, um, five days in a row. But this, in one application, ate all the powdery mildew off the plant. So the one thing about it um, is that you have to apply it when there's, there's no um, direct sunlight on the leaves, which really applies to most insecticides anyway or any kind of pesticide because it will usually give you some sort of a uh, phototoxicity because of the uh, UV rays. But um, So you spray it in the evening, and then in the morning you come out and find uh, little dead uh, aphid carcasses or... Uh, little dead white fly carcasses or uh, the thrips are actually gone. Hmm. Very interesting. You know, that. it's funny you were talking about how you hadn't tried it and you're skeptical. I had a gentleman at the nursery sometime last year that brought a bunch of samples in and suggested that it, uh, I try them. And I did the same thing you did initially. It was ignore you when you brought me those samples. I still have the samples at home. I just haven't tried them yet. So it works it's better if you be if, if you apply it to the plant. It works better. Is that what you're suggesting? Strangely, it does. Um, um, if it stays in the bottle, it is much less effective than uh, if applied to the plant. Um, one of the most common problems that people have, especially with house plants, um, are fungus gnats. Um, and this will actually can be used. It'll actually kill fungus gnats and their eggs when used as a soil drench. Um, I like to always add a little bit of compost tea or earthworm castings afterwards to bring back any sort of um, um, microbiological activity in the soil. But it'll really take a, uh, a plant with fungus gnats and overnight wipe them out. And then you have time for the soil to dry out and you know, reset your watering program so that they don't come back. So you're, I'm reading the label, and, and as you indicated, it kills soft-bited insects, which we spoke of, and, and molds and mildews, uh, and you can use it up to the day of harvest. Yes. 
Which is good um, for fruits and vegetables. My favorite part, I think, as I shared with you, is that it's gluten-free, so I can add this to my pancakes <laughs> or something. Does it say that on the it label? It says it's gluten-free on the label. Yeah. It's also GMO-free. Do you know right. why that is, Tom? Is there a, is there a food a portion to this? Well, because it's used on edibles, um, although there's, there is no residue, um, because the, uh, the product dissipates very rapidly, um, once it's, you know, if it doesn't find a protein source, it dissipates very rapidly. Um, once it's finished eating the protein source, then it again dissipates very rapidly. But some people who are, have high, uh, um, highly, sensitive, highly active celiac disease, um, have like even to the touch, they'll have a gluten reaction. So this, if you have celiacs and you spray, you won't have a, um, a reaction on your uh, skin. And if you eat your lettuce or spinach or whatever, um, you won't have any problems there. There we go. Good to know. I'll have to give it a try. So now that we have it so, in the stores, that'll be uh, easy to do. There you go. And uh, their website is Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R, Zymes, Z-Y, Amazon, Mary, E-S, dot com. And you can read more there. Um, and it is, uh, it's pretty remarkable how well this product works. I use it on uh, um, any kind of cucumber or melon to control the spider mites and the powdery mildew. Um, same on tomatoes and green beans. And, boy, on my lettuce crops, it'll just wipe out any little aphids that decide to uh, show up. Fantastic, monsieur. Very good, yeah. Excellent. Thanks, Thomas. Excellent information. Thanks for getting up early and talking to us, Tom. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Thank you. you too. You Take too, care. Master. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Bye-bye now. Take care. Um, they may, may have to give that a try. Yeah, we get calls, all the, especially uh, tomatoes and mildews and... Fungus and, gnats. Yeah, I would say fungus gnats is the one that, that strikes me. That's the one we have a lot more... Yeah. Problems that we good don't point. have a lot of solutions for. That's yeah. a very good point. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Uh, let's see. We're going to go out to Lakeside where Steve is waiting. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Hey, good morning, guys. Um, yeah, I enjoyed that, that conversation too because I, I have spider mites on my things as well. But Yeah, they can be tricky uh, to my control. Question, my, my question is um, I use a lot of compost, so I get tomatoes springing up all over the garden and um i i don't always save them but i've always heard and i know you you can plant your tomato very deep they're very tough uh they're very they survive very well but uh should you take the leaves off you know when you got leggy ones that are around should you clip the leaves I've always heard, you know, roots will grow from those branches, but um, do you bury the leaves as well, or do you, do you clip them? I typically will clip all the, the lower branches off of the plant and then plant it deep, leaving a top set of leaves. Yeah, tomatoes are one of the very few plants that you can plant deeper into the ground, and they will root out of the, they will root out of the side of the stem. A lot of plants will just... Whether it right. die, right? Yeah, uh, but tomato tomatoes you can easily plant deeper, and it, and it's not going to be a problem. And you might the you know, I technically I guess you could leave the leaves on, but they're not going to do anything. So like George said, just go ahead and trim those off and and plant the plant. But that's a great question okay, for sorry. next Saturday in Poway at nine thirty, where Farmer Roy is going to teach all about tomatoes, everything you're going to possibly want to know. <laughs> I'll mark it on my calendar. I'll, okay. I'll try to attend. I, I do like going to this uh, to both your stores, actually. So, well, thank you. Okay. Well, um, if if I could ask another question, certainly talking about fungicides um, on my uh, tangerine tree. I have a, a tangerine um, mandarin. I call them Algerians um, tangerines, but. Uh, this year, I got just a thousand of them that no bigger than the size of a grape. I mean, it, it, they eventually they're getting bigger, but they also get uh, a mildew on them. And I'm wondering, what am I doing wrong? The, or, is it, or, you know, is uh, it is it black? Yeah, it's brown, not quite black. It's uh, it's brown. Okay, well, it could be it could be 
it could be a couple of things. If, if it's black, it could it's probably sooty mold, which is um, which is a mold that grows on the honeydew that sucking insects secrete. And sucking insects would be aphids, whiteflies, uh, most commonly on citrus. It's scale. Uh, if it's brown on the fruit, or the, if the skin of the fruit is turning brown, it could be an indication of uh, mite damage. Uh, so okay. though. Those are those are a couple of things that it could be there. There again, if if you happen to if you happen to get into the store today, you um, you can all you can always bring a sample or bring some photos in. We can take a look at it and give you a better idea of what's going on. But those are the those are the two things that I think would would most likely be the cause of it uh, right there. Okay, and then well, if, and if it is your- and e- either one, if you eliminate the if you eliminate the the ins- if you eliminate the insect that's causing it then though then those things will disappear uh and scale is scale it can be difficult to see on citrus because it usually attacks the the stems of the plant and not necessarily the foliage of the plant um so it can be it can be hard to see but it, it can you do get it the can, oyster scale on, on you, the fruit it will itself, get the oyster that, scale on the fruit a little yeah. bit of browning yeah yeah, that can do it as well. Yeah. But it bring bring a sample of it in, or or bring some pictures of it in. Let us take a look at it, uh, and we can get you on track to get it taken care of. Okay, it is black. I'm, I'm outside looking at it. There, yeah, it's black. Well, then that, that sounds like sooty mold. So you, you, I think you have some kind yeah. of a sucking insect issue going on with, oh, with the plant. I'm sure I got a whole <laughs> host of insects. Well, then what, what you can, what you can do to keep those things under control is spray with uh, horticultural oil uh, two to three times a year. Um, and that will that will kill anything that's on the that will kill anything that's on the plant uh, as far as an insect is concerned. But it's sa- it's it's safe uh, yeah. to harvest the same day um, because it, it's an oil. It suffocates the insects. It doesn't poison them. So you can spray you could you could go out and spray the tree and then go out as soon as you put the hose away and pick the fruit off of it and you're you're going to be fine. Okay, outstanding. Okay. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. Thanks for the call, Steve. I, I, Enjoy the show. Thanks. Have a great weekend. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. Teresa, stay on the line. We're going to be talking to you when we come back right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. We're going to head up to Carlsbad where Teresa is waiting. Good morning, Teresa. How are you? Hi, good morning. Thanks for all the great information. Well, thanks. For, thank you. Thanks for calling. Thank you for thank you for staying on hold for, for that long. We appreciate it. What can oh, we do for that, you? That's okay. I, I just, I had a couple of quick questions. Um, if I may, um, I had this this um, ficus tree, but it's in a pot, and I keep putting in a bigger and bigger pot, and I can't put it in any larger pot because I have just it's on a balcony, and um, I I know it wants to be in the ground, but I was wondering if there's anything that I could do to use, let's say, a fertilizer or something to be able to feed it and keep it healthy because right now it's looking pretty sad. I would think yeah. it again, I would think the the grow power tablets would be a would be a great way to right to feed it. Uh their their tablets are about a quarter of an inch thick, about the size of a quarter. Uh depending on the size of the container determines how many pellets you put into you put in, you just basically just sprinkle them around on the top of the soil and as you water the pellets break down and move the fertilizer down through the roots and they will last up to a year 
so you don't have to use okay. it real frequently. It's just a, a time-release fertilizer. Oh, that's great. So they're grow power. Okay. Grow, grow power planting tablets, yeah. Uh, we, we have them in both of the stores. Uh, they work, work very, very well. For any kind of, any kind of potted plants, they'll, they'll do fine. I, I would also okay. I would also take a layer of, of mulch of some kind, some bark, some compost, and put a couple of inches of that over the top to help cool the soil in that container and hold in the moisture. That'll that'll help it a, quite a bit as well. Okay, yeah, because I really want to take care of this. But um, thank you. I, do you mind if I get, just have one more quick question? Certainly. Go ahead. Um, uh, I have been given these their high hyacinth. The, the flowers, mm-hmm. and um, they bloom, and then of course they they die. The bloom dies, but the mm-hmm. leaves are still good, and the roots are incredibly long. Um, they're in containers with just water, mm-hmm. and um, I was wondering if there's a way to plant them because they're so pretty and the leaves are healthy. Yeah, um, you, and they're, they're bulbs. Yeah, you yeah. could you could go you could go ahead and plant them. Unfortunately, the hyacinths don't uh, don't naturalize in this area. We, our our climate just does not get cold enough for them to naturalize. But you could you could go ahead and put them in the ground and enjoy the foliage. When the foliage starts to die back, then you can take that you can lift them out of the ground, cut the foliage off of them. Um, you can cut the root system off of it and let the bulbs dry out, and then keep them in your garage until. Oh, I don't know about September or October. Then move them from the move them from the garage into the into the refrigerator. Uh, leave them in the refrigerator for about four to six weeks, and then plant them, and and they may rebloom. It's a, it. They tend to be treated as annuals in in San Diego, just because they like like I said, they don't naturalize, and it is a little bit of a process to get them to rebloom every year. Uh, but it, you could certainly okay. give it. A, you got nothing to lose by trying. Exactly. I'll, I'll take it as a challenge. And thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a great weekend. Okay. Thanks, you too. Okay. Bye-bye. Take care. What hey, do you, Ken, are you going to store them in vermiculite? You could certainly you do probably that. Probably could, yes. do you know what a, It's an expensive way to do it, but do you, you know could what do an it. an easier way of doing it would be? What? Just to throw them away and buy new ones. Oh, I said treat them as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, I know, they, I they, if you want to try, try. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I've had some in, in the PQ property that, that – Come up come every every couple of years. I mean, they don't last. I mean, it's like right. two or three years, and then they just peter out and they're gone. They won't naturalize like your your right. yeah. Yeah. Right. Of, you know paper whites and stuff. So you get little baby blooms out of them when they yeah come they back. just got they get smaller and yeah. smaller till they no longer function. So do you know what a better alternative is? Throwing yes. them out and buying new ones. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> or, or replace them with daffodils that will naturalize. Tend to naturalize. Freezes yeah. or something. Freezes though that. too. They they t- tend to naturalize. But yes, you said it. Treat them as annuals, which is a little more indirect i like to be a little more direct a little less sensitive in my well you are known for your sensitive approach yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh if you're if you're interested in getting your butterfly garden started we do have we do have a pretty good supply of um native milkweed in stock right now we do. The, very yeah. good the narrow leaf milkweed uh asclepius fascicularis we do have a lot of tropical milkweed in in stock as well uh Another plant that I saw when I was walking around out in the yard yesterday, we've got probably the darkest purple Alstromeria I have ever seen in my life. The dwarf ones that are the smaller one, yeah. It it's it's like Concord grape purple. I mean, it is wow. really really dark. And then right next to it, we had right next to it we had one of the reddest Alstromerias I've ever seen. And that's that one is interesting because it's also got variegated foliage. I have some of those, the, the red I mean, it's, it's yeah. like brick, are, are brick those red. Are dwarf ones? Or, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, yeah. On the, they're on the shorter side. But, man, that that's purple good. one, it, it is it's, – it's really nice. We had a gentleman in yesterday that was looking at the Alstromeria out front, the taller ones that we have. Right. And he wanted shorter ones. And – Normally, people want the taller ones so Correct. they can cut the cut, stem cut or the rip the stems and bring them in right. for cut flowers. But he wanted the shorter ones. And when I went out and showed him all those, he was very excited. And I was thinking about it. They would make a much more attractive landscape plant, the short ones. True. Because the, the foliage is uniform. And, yeah. There's not floppy. And when they're not in their full glory, yeah, they're not that. you just have that little low mat of foliage. So it would be great yes. as a as a landscape plant. 
I hadn't considered it until I listened to him. I thought, I only want tall ones. Do we have any, um, sorry to change the subject so quickly, but at this point in time, do we have classes coming up this week? We're we do. Yeah. In San Diego, what we have they? Staghorn Fern Care with Olivia at 9 o'clock San Diego. And in Poway, we have What is an Arborist and When Should I Call One at 9.30 in Poway. With Kurt Peacock, who is a certified arborist. There we go. That's so perfect. He is, uh, he is the expert in telling you what it is that he does and when you need when to you call, call it. Yeah, I think, so I think we're going to get some of the, this is what you can do for yourself. This is when you need to call us. Right. Which is good yeah. uh, because we get so many calls Correct. about that. I need an arborist to know if I should trim this this year, which isn't an arborist call, but right. when. You've been listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We'll be back next weekend with another hour. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.